Hi, everyone. You're listening to In the Open, a podcast by Mental Health America, where we talk all things mental health related. Hey, everyone. We're back in the open, Teresa in America. Today, we're going to talk about breaking up with toxic people in our life. I mean, a toxic relationship is anything that makes you unhealthy. So I have straight up fully broken off contact with some people, like just like, oh my gosh, this relationship is so toxic. I can never see you again. But I've also pulled back on toxic situations. So this is where someone in my life has toxic behaviors. And I'm like, right now in this moment, because of the way you want to bring up this conversation, I have to put a boundary on you and say, and say, I'm not going to talk to you for X amount of time. And that's like a different feeling, you know, from full on breaking up with someone. But have, okay, so disclosure, like, yeah, like I've had boy, boyfriends. <laughs> I don't like when you grow up with trauma, you just fall into these situations where you're like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm in a bad, unhealthy, romantic relationship. Um, I've actually been in romantic relationships that have been toxic and just like personal relationship with friends, family members as well, that they've just been toxic. So I've had to make the decision to like walk away. Like, thanks, but no thanks for my own safety and health care. I feel like that question, I don't know if you talked about this in the podcast of, you know, am I in a toxic relationship? But if you ever ask that question in your head, because, you know, you ask it 50 times, yeah. 50 million times <laughs> before you actually ever do anything. You're like, this doesn't feel right. Yeah, this, something doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. this is, is this normal? Uh, is this normal? Is this what a relationship should feel like? So can I can I say something about this this idea of, about it too? Because one of the things I believe happens so often is that we as people have a picture of what a relationship is supposed to look like, whether it's a romantic relationship, you're like, Oh, I don't know. I think of a movie, you know, it's like, Oh, look at that. So romantic. And then it doesn't look like that. So then you start asking, is it normal or not normal? And then mm -hmm. even in relationships, like with family and friends and stuff, you're just like, wait, am I interpreting this like the wrong way? Is this what it's supposed to be? Cause like my best friend in quotes isn't supposed to be like this that's not how that's not how you see it on tv and stuff you know that type of frame mm -hmm. and i think that's the starting place where you're just like uh yeah no nothing looks like it's on tv i have the opposite where i grew up yeah. in such toxic family environments that i always saw tv relationships as so fake because my whole life was <laughs> the exact opposite and then I, when I had relationships as a person, my own relationships, I was like, I had a hard time telling if something was toxic or not because I was like, oh, this is how people are, mm. you know, yeah. which puts you into a bad space where you really accept a lot of toxicity as a natural thing that you should be in. <laughs> and yeah. it took me a while to be like, to see all of those things for what they are. Yeah. For you, it was normal. 
it's like this. I was like, I grew up in a physically violent household. And so when someone is emotionally abusive, I thought that was normal and acceptable because at least they weren't hitting me. And that's what I would say in my head. I was like, oh, at least they don't hit me because I had mm-hmm. set the boundary up for like that was my hard line. Yeah. And I didn't, I wasn't even aware that emotional manipulation and emotional abuse was a thing. Those are such important points. And I think it is those types of interactions, like the the emotional interactions that are less easy to interpret because you don't really have something to measure it against, especially when, when you're framing it the way you have, right? Like, well, this is what I know. It, this has always been the case. So anything outside of that is so not what it's supposed to be. So if somebody treats you nicely, right? Yeah. And is considerate and is supportive, you're like, at all. Yeah, at all. Like, oh, this person showed me a nugget of niceness. I guess I should give them my whole life. (laughs) You're like, yeah, what? That is not healthy. It took me 30 years to learn what a healthy relationship was supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. But once I figured it out and I set up my own rules around it, I was like, I was so much better at protecting myself and making sure that I was safe and healthy. And I was able to find a relationship that is mutual, is safe, is healthy. And it doesn't mean we don't fight. And it doesn't mean my, our past don't come up to rise up in our relationship or that I don't fall back into my own bad habits there. You know, when I've talked to you about like, feeling enraged and acting out in anger, you know, now I'm very acutely aware of how I'm that toxic person. (laughs) Like the risk for me becoming that toxic adult is so high, right? Because of, I I have to be aware of the way those childhood experiences recalibrated my emotional reactivity is what I call it in my head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think- those are very important points. And I one of the other ways that I like to think about it too is is where you started, right? Like when when you start asking questions like, is this what it's supposed to be like? There's something in your gut mm-hmm. that is just telling you. Mm-hmm. It's like an automatic kind of warning light, right? You're like, hmm, something's going on. Not certain what it is. And when I experience that, I end up going to other people that I really trust Mm -hmm. and asking, right? Like, is this right? Like, is is this how it's supposed to be? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it may be, right? Like where I'm completely wrong. It's like, yes, Mm -hmm. that is a very normal reaction to things. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe then it's me. Yeah, yeah. I definitely do that where you check it, where I have to check in because I learned that my calibrations for like understanding what was within the realm of acceptable or not acceptable was really off. I definitely had a period of time where I had to do a lot of check-ins with other people to to say like, hey, is this healthy? Is this acceptable behavior? Like when I say this to you, I'm looking for your reaction in your face to tell me if I should run or not. And then, yeah. And then it was hard because I think at the very beginning, there was so much like when you're in the middle of an interpersonal violent relationship, it's like, it's very hard because even when people are telling you, like, oh my gosh, that's so not okay. Or like your friend comes up to you and is like, 
um, we're really worried about you. That should have been for me, like the reddest flag ever. But instead, I was just like, I don't know. Well, I love them. Now I probably over, I overcompensate because now if I sniff like even the hintest of stuff, I like won't even engage in a relationship. I'm just like, nope. You've you've made your your boundaries have been built. Maybe a bit too much because now I can't just be in my small group of four like two people. You know, <laughs> I have to expand yeah. my network, and if I always think that people are unsafe that's not cool either you know the the center of the of this conversation though is around for me like how how do you know when it's time to really make that decision to walk away right and part of that relates to i want to say like this crushing feeling of an inability to no longer function as me as a whole person. Oh, totes. That's do you know? Oh, what, no? totally. That's when you're in too deep with a relationship that you know is toxic, and you should have broken up like five years ago, but you keep holding on, thinking yeah. something is going to change. And now you're so deep in that relationship that you don't even know how to say goodbye. Talk about seven years of my life. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You invest, you invest so much into that space. So yeah, yes. I totally, that's why, that's why we say in our brains like, well, it's the well, it's the well. And it sounds like that in our head, like, well, whatever follows yeah. that is your excuse to stay in a yeah. situation you know is not good, you know? And and basically it came down to a decision like, am I going to stay in this and ultimately die? Because you don't have to physically die. You also emotionally die. Your personhood dies. And you said it right in that moment. It was so spot on. It's like if I'm in a relationship where I am no longer existing as a separate and meaningful person, you got to break up. Yeah. So, okay. So let's talk about the realms. Let's start with the most complicated relationship. How did you break up? Well, for me... um, it was like a temporary breakup because they were family. So I couldn't, because my family is so tight knit, mm-hmm. there is not this thing where I can be like, well, I'm never speaking to them again. That right. That's just not a possibility. I can though set very hard boundaries and be like, I will continue to be respectful, but I am not engaging in any personal conversations, sharing my life with you beyond I'm sitting at dinner and you're three seats away. Okay. And so that's, that's the way that I, I maintain that. I have a lot of that. And yeah, <laughs> is that, I think it's just, it's a cultural thing. I think. Is it though? I feel like a lot of people know what it's like to have toxic family in your life and you can't break oh, up yeah, with family. True. And so what we do is you say to yourself, I cannot, some people choose to cut off relationship. So we need to talk about what that conversation looks like, because I think that's the spectrum of that experience. And we're starting to touch on that. So we're actually starting with like, how do you set up small boundaries? Right. And it does, I think it does look like in my head, it sounds like this, like, okay, I'm going to go and continue to see and have this person in my life, but I'm refusing to talk to them. And you either explicitly say it, or you don't, and you just know that you just avoid it. Yeah, yeah, completely. Like, 
this is the decision I've made today. I'm sticking by it. And that's it. So what that looks like for me is like, if somebody wants to come and ask questions about, you know, any aspect of my personal kind of day, thank you. No, it was nice seeing you. I'm walking away. Have you ever had a family member though, who comes at you because they don't understand and they don't want to let up and they keep picking you set up your soft boundary, your medium boundary, and they, they press. I have, I've had people who, who struggled with different addictions and my trauma related to, to that and other, other relationships that um, were important to me have pushed me in a direction to be like, yeah, no, right now where you're at, like, I can't, I've tried everything to kind of help you. Mm-hmm. And they just continuously engage in, in bad behavior and negative behavior and then pull me, want to pull me in mm-hmm. to that. And I'd be like, yeah, no, 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 can't do that anymore. Yeah. I ended up telling them like, this is what you're doing right now. And I can't be part of that anymore. Mm -hmm. And they were like, I remember their face. They were like, who the hell do you think you are telling me this? And I was like, (laughs) I am just letting you know. So you're not surprised when I don't respond to texts, emails, whatever, you know, it's like, yeah, because it does, it does sound like a lot like that. It's like, um. I'm trying yeah. to think of what's the text or what is the specific words I use because this is exactly how I broke up with that person, right? It's like, yeah, it's like, you know what? I'm just not going to talk to you. I'm going to pull back from these conversations. I'm not going to talk to you. And then mostly the other person's like, fine, that sounds great. Or they they want to get angry and lash out and yeah, say something. And then you just have to say it again calmly like, thank you so much. And I'm just going to say goodbye now. Dude, your conversations are so tame because it might be like, I've had, you know, a reaction where people are like, F you, dude, like, you can't tell me that. And it's like, yeah, I totally can tell you what's good for me and me wanting to. Tame is what might be happening in my mind because I'm trying not to have a freak out. (laughs) The way it looks is I just hung up. I definitely have learned that I'm a runner. And this is an example of those situations where sometimes I send other people in to be my person to break up with somebody. And I'm like, you act as an intermediary. Tell this person I'm never talking to them again. Bye. And I just feel safe with that person to say that. Yeah. Which has been actually super effective. I'm like, oh, I wish I discovered this earlier. Like find an ally in your family who is away from the situation enough to act as that communicator for you. For me, it was like a huge finding. I was like, why didn't I do this 10 years ago? <laughs> That's a really good suggestion, babe. Like I, I've, I functioned in, in that role. Like I've been a buffer man, and I continue to be a buffer in many ways for people. It changed my life because yeah. that person would come back to me and tell me like, oh man, when I said that thing for you, This is how they reacted. And I just melted inside because I put myself in that situation where I could see what it would feel like for me to be in that space. And I knew immediately that I would not have left that conversation unscathed. Mm, Yeah. Part of it, you know, for me really, really connects back to the fact that I was married, you know, and then I got a divorce and our relationship wasn't toxic from the beginning, but it became toxic. Mm -hmm. And I remember clearly like I have to make the decision to walk away. There's no other option here. I call this big breakup. 
Big breakup is when you have invested a lot emotionally into a person and you know you need to break up in a way where you probably may never see this person ever again. But you were in a deep, meaningful, long-term relationship with this person, even if it was toxic, but also great because it's not always one of the above. If it was always horrible, 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 it's easier to just leave, I think. Yeah. But those relationships aren't that way. It's it's always that mixed bag, right? Yeah. So let's talk about big breakup. When you finally broached the topic and were like, this is the end. It was a gradual progression of me starting to ask those questions at the beginning. Like, is this what's supposed to happen? I don't think mm-hmm. so. And there was some some shame around not being able to handle the situation Mm. and then guilt, right, about my, I'm going to call it not being equipped, Um, you know, in the same way to just be like, is this me? Is something that I'm doing the cause of this kind of environment? So it was a natural progression that kind of led down this path of me then kind of going to other people and being like, dude, all these things are happening. I need gauge measurers with me. And mm-hmm. then my support people were like, yeah, dude, yeah, that's not good. This is a sinking ship, Bubba. You gotta get off. And I was like, all right. Mm. And I, I mean, I say that lightly now, but I was just like, damn, yo, like, really? And so I went through a period of one denial around it all and then saying, okay, For my own livelihood and my ability to continue to function as a whole person, I really have to make the decision to not be in this relationship anymore and have a conversation and say, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. And I remember Mm -hmm. his reaction. He was like, oh, okay." And I was like, great. I guess there's no issue there. We're going to move on. (laughs) Huh. Interesting. Because I was going to ask you, how many times did you have small breakups before you finally did the final big one? Not physical separation like that, where we lived separately. Well, Actually, also because you was, were married, yeah, right? Yeah. That, that so makes there it were, more complicated. There were emotional separations where like any kind of interaction was transactional, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't emotionally heavy in any way. But then there was a separation where like we lived entirely apart it, really before mm-hmm. the divorce and we were like, I'm starting to see again who I was as an individual by myself and seeing Mm -hmm. the distinct differences between the before and after, you know? Mm -hmm. Because, okay, so if you're not in a married relationship, I do see and I have been in relationships where, you know, you're like, I'm going to break up with you and you break up and you get back together and you break up and you get back Mm -hmm. together, you break up. I've I've had those types of relationships too and I've had friends who've experienced those. And I think it's tied to the belief that we as people can do better, right? Like, oh, we'll fix it. Everything that isn't good will be fixed. And that's, I think, because we are we don't have the capacity at that moment to really understand the depth of the issue that's happening, that's present. That's very true. And, and I have seen people who repeatedly break up and get back together who also grow together. So they're committed You can see that it's the difference between a power dynamic where one person wants to be controlling and the other person has to give all the time versus like two people who might have a lot of childhood trauma come together and be quite toxic together, but still choose to grow and work together because you love 
each other enough mm-hmm. to stay in it yeah. and still come out on the other side okay. And I've seen both of those things. So it's not as cut as dry as just saying like, oh, well, if we had multiple breakups, it's a sign that it's toxic. So we should just leave. Like we carry our childhood into adulthood. Like I have to work on my stuff and it means I'm working on it with someone. I think it's too easy for for anybody to say it's just an either or. Yeah. Now, mind you, we're not talking about relationships where you are in danger. That's not what we're talking about. You know, I think it's very important for us to say that. But that's hard. I think that's where the world of domestic violence research and work in similar ways that we just see that people who have mental illnesses, we're always just like, go see a therapist. You're like, it's not that easy. Yeah. Because what is danger? I'm in the realm of a lot of variations of danger before I'm actively in physical danger. That's hard for people to navigate. Yes. Those are the nuances that exist within all these spaces. It's like the muddy water, right? Like you can't ever truly be like you consistently coming and yelling at me, but you've never hit me. You know, you're just yelling at me. I'm not truly in danger, but is it causing harm in some way? Yes, it is. Totally. Yeah. I know that people who are on the other side of a relationship who were in a domestically violent relationship might hear what I'm saying and think that what I'm doing is giving excuses for an abuser to be abusive or excuse for the person being abused to stay in abusive relationships. That's not what I'm saying. I I think that's where you're saying that's where Mm -hmm. you are drawing a line. Like it's very important for us to let people know that if you feel like you are in an abusive relationship, it's absolutely important for you to take that time to decide how you're going to leave, whether you need to leave and how to leave. Yes. Let's get into the nitty gritty on leaving long-term abusive relationships. My bags are packed and I'm out the door. Yeah. Well, no, and that's super complicated. I have worked with clients who have domestic violence and there's everything from, you know, if it works out for you in a way where you guys get in a blow up fight and then it's just like, we're going to break up and you make up in your mind, like, oh my God, I need to get to safety and I need to leave right now. And I need to not re-engage with this person when they come back to me. Like that is a decision you have to make, but there's a level of safety that you experience that lets you be able to break up with that person that way. I've also worked with clients who, when they start to show distance from their partner, their partner increases their intensity of control and violence. And so we've had to talk to clients about, let's make an exit plan. You need to figure out how to pack your bags. I'm going to help you find shelter this and you have no phone contact, you're going to actually get rid of your phone. What do Mm -hmm. you need to do to make a plan to exit? Because the moment you show that you are like the risk for something violent escalating is so high and that exists too. And I think that it's really important for people who are in that kind of relationship to know that that kind of work exists, that if you need that kind of help, there are DV specialists (laughs) who will help you do that. I I believe that when we are when we are framing the way that we're framing this conversation relates so well to how we engage in our day-to-day relationships that have value for us but are oftentimes filled with a range of different emotional reactions. And that's where the toxicity comes in, right? Where you're then having to measure 
really measure and ask yourself where, what is happening here and is this what I want to then get you to a place where you are saying, okay, how do I really make the decision to not have this person in my life anymore? And that's the breaking up. Like, what does it mean? Does it mean that I am going to tell you, I want to break up with you, right? Maybe it's a relationship in that way, like an intimate relationship where you're like, I no longer want to be your girlfriend. Bye. You know, your boyfriend, Mm -hmm. whatever. Or like you were talking about, Teresa's like, yeah, I'm not going to have conversations like this anymore. Bye. 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 Like delete that contact. No further initiation of contact in any way. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, because I know you're not confrontational, beyond the use of a buffer where somebody has kind of helped you through this and you disengaging in communication, mm-hmm. has there been any kind of other breakup situation where you're just like, have to do it in person and just, oh yeah. Like, what does that look like? With friends. With friends mostly because you're like, oh, we're trying to be friends and I want to see what you like. And then this especially happened in my 20s where I was really poor at understanding what healthy or unhealthy friendships look like. And if I have my trauma and my other friends have their traumas and I had friends who were dealing with their stuff, right? But if they – an example that I started realizing was problematic is like, if I wanted to hang out with a different friend and this friend got mad at me mm. because I wasn't paying attention to them and then they would lash out because they were like, well, I don't think you care about me. It took me a while yeah. to be like, oh my gosh, like what is happening here is not healthy. And that's not what a friendship should be like. A friendship should be one that's equitable where if I want to see another friend, you, you're confident enough in my friendship with you that you don't see that as a threat. Right. And that's a micro example of what blows up in personal, like romantic relationships where jealousy and control are like a thing. And so, what that would look like when I got better at it was just like, hey, hey, I just have to be honest with you. Like, when you get jealous like that, and it starts small because I have to confront that moment and say, when you get jealous like that, like, that's really unhealthy. And I don't like that. And mm-hmm. and it might just start like that and I want to see how they react. And if they have to hear my words and my feelings and they want to respond with defensiveness instead of sitting back to be like, oh, I never really thought about it that way. Those are two different reactions I would get. Either, oh, I get it and thank you for pointing that out or I'm summarizing like a fight, right? Yeah. <laughs> or or I would get, you know, I'm so pissed at you and I'm like more defensiveness with the more defensive relationship, that's where I knew I needed to be like, you know what? I don't think that this friendship can continue. Man, you know, some of the things that you're talking about, though, like the possessiveness uh, aspect of it all, I think relates really well to some of the relationships that I've been in where there is this aspect like you belong to me. Like this relationship is the most important one. And it's like yeah. um, to you, but not to me. And like, okay, sorry. I didn't even realize that that was like the depth of this relationship. So that's like a warning sign, you know? And then the other is like the intensity of it, which kind of relates to, to the same kind of way, right? Like mm-hmm. I thought we were just hanging out, having yeah. coffee, just chilling. We ain't really doing anything. But then this person is like, you're my best friend. It's like, uh, I'm sorry. I don't know. Oh, we got a label like that. And, and that's that kind of surprise 
for me again has been a warning sign where i'm like yeah no maybe i'm not gonna even talk to you anymore because uh if you can't get that straight like something's happening and that's really interesting for me to hear you say that because it reminds me of how much um it is a muscle to be able to attend to tone and words as a as a measure of security or safety because I can joke around and be like, oh my God, we're besties. And if I said that to you, be like, oh yeah, it's cool. Cause you can hear in my voice that I'm joking with you and I'm yeah. like with you and I'm just like trying to relate to you versus like someone who wants to come on really strong and wants to see you every day and gets mad at you if you don't respond to their text right away and yes. asks you like where you were and wants to be on find my friend with you and they're mad that you're there somewhere with someone else when they're not with you and wants to ask you 5 million questions about why they 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 weren't invited yeah like that level of defensiveness and like if i have to defend my actions then i start i need to have that conversation where i'm like you know what that what you're doing there it's so hard for me to figure out my voice because I think for us who have to be the breaker upper, it's practicing finding your voice and staying strong. Yeah. Not giving in. <laughs> yeah. Cause there, there is a level of, of guilt, right. That the other person can use oh. and be like, Oh, well I never meant to make bad. you feel that way. I'm sorry. And it's like, and it's, it is so easy to go back in and be like, all right. Yeah. I know you didn't mean that, you know, but or it was my uh, fault. Oh yeah. Like, oh, it was my fault that I'm sorry. I, I guess no, I that's like some, that's some real screwed up level. Yeah. That's some, that's like straight that's up manipulation. If you're not, yeah. When you're in that space, like when I was in that space, I was not able to see the way that those nuances were so problematic. Yeah. I have been in situations where, uh, like, I'm the third wheel and I'm just existing kind of like a fly on the wall. And, like, we may be hanging out with people and something happens. And as the outsider, you're like, the hell? Oh, yeah. And then the other person is, like, completely oblivious, you know? Like, the one that should be breaking up. And then they kind of look at you like, what? And it's like, yo, I got to tell you something later because something's happening here. You totally missed that. And sure enough, you know, when I have conversations later on, they're like, oh, no, they didn't mean it that way. And I was like, oh, okay. And I've been on both sides of that, right? Where I'm the one that's sharing and then I'm the recipient where people are like, um, you know, that's not. And I'm like, no, could it really be that way? No. And then, you know, you want to slap your head. It's like, what the hell? Yeah, it totally meant that. No, it is because your friends, your good friends will have a moment where they finally come to you and they say something like, hey, we just need to talk to you because we're worried. And it always sounds so because it's hard for them to be confrontational towards you about that. Mm -hmm. Right. That I've learned that if a friend that I trust comes to me like that, I my ears need to grow big. <laughs> like, listen up, because this person, it's not easy for them to bring this up to you about yeah. questioning your reality and your life. And I need to listen and pay attention with big ears if I'm if I understand how serious this is right now for my mm -hmm. own health and well-being. 
And I think that even though your initial reaction as a recipient of somebody sharing this with you could be like total defensiveness, there is maybe once you step away from the situation, there is an inkling that like a little spark that starts and it has been sitting there for a while. And then you're like, man, and these people are confirming it for you. That's that's so generally been my experience. So interesting because this conversation highlights a couple things about breaking up with a toxic person, which is breaking up with a toxic person is about how like you have to find your voice and what you say and what you need to plan to do it and stick with it. But the big part of breaking up with a toxic person is your work. It's like there's so much work you have to do to prepare for yourself in your mind and your heart and your soul to learn about what it means to be safe and healthy and well. Yeah. And that's a big part of breaking up with a toxic person. You breaking up with a toxic person, but also breaking off a piece of like a toxic part of you and just totally throwing it away, you know, like this is no longer of use to me. It has not done me any good. Yeah. And I'm going to like, move forward from here. It's it's about the willingness to allow yourself to continue to be beat up and your commitment to yourself to not be in situations where you're beat up. And that's the part I need to give up on. I need to give up this thing that I do that keeps putting me back in a situation where I am harming myself. I am harming myself because I am making a choice to stay in this space. And I need to cut that part because it's actually infestuous and it's gross and it's, and it's its own sickness and illness because whatever it is that I experienced, I thought it was okay for me to engage in continued emotional self-harm because I think there's some part of it too. And I would say, you know, not so clearly, but there's a part of it where you're like, well, maybe this is what I deserve. And that's Mm -hmm. so sick. You know, because I feel like I also have that relationship with depression where I'm like, well, I'm depressed, but maybe I deserve it. I, I would say one kind of final thing around all of this is I never really framed it the way that you did, where you really are focusing more on you, right? And what you need to do to be able to walk away instead of simply like kind of pointing fingers and being like, this isn't working, blah, 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 you know, and you really making the decision. All right. I got to figure my stuff out, man, because it's not all here. I got to do better for myself. That's where I'm like, oh, did I go too far? Because now I, you know, it sounds like you're still in the middle of some of those toxic relationships you keep around, whereas I have zero appetite for toxicity in my life. (laughs) Zero. I just cannot. I would say that I do have existing toxic relationships that <laughs> I am making harder boundaries around so mm-hmm. that I can keep myself mentally well. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate what you're saying. This is a hard conversation. And I think we've generated a lot of different ideas here about things that people can reflect on. I totally agree, Teresa. There's so much here. But at the end of the day, it it relates to how you see yourself and what you want for yourself. And being able to really move in that direction is so important. Focus on you. 
prioritize you, that's important. Thank you, everyone. Keep on fighting in the open. All righty. We'll see you next time. Bye.